Good evening and welcome to the Heritage of Faith Conversations radio program sponsored by Heritage Baptist Church in New York City, a church that is committed to proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ in an atmosphere of love. Please join us this hour as Pastor Matthew Recker opens the Word of God and then brings others, including you, into the conversation. Tonight, we'll seek to have a dialogue that will glorify God and will show how the Bible is relevant to everyday life. Our desire is to lead people to salvation in Christ and encourage believers in their spiritual growth. Join us and build up your own heritage of faith. Welcome and thank you for joining us for another episode of the Heritage of Faith Conversations radio program hosted by Pastor Matthew Recker. My name is Micah and I'm the ministry assistant at Heritage and tonight we are going to talk about history's first city in Genesis chapter 4 as we continue our series called Back to the Beginning. If you would like to join in on the conversation tonight or if you have questions or need someone to pray with, please give us a call. Our studio phone number is 929-333-3739. Pastor, we had one of the wonderful mothers in our church call in last week and she had a question, but we did not get to her. So we wanted to start the program tonight actually with Megan. If that's Absolutely. Okay. Praise the Lord for Sister Megan. And uh, good evening, Megan. Welcome to the Heritage Faith Conversations. Good evening, Pastor. How are you? Good, good. I'm so glad that we can speak to you tonight. And last night in our Mother's Day program, you had wanted to weigh in on the Penina moment as God put a Penina in Hannah's life. So you wanted to share something about that, I think. Yes, I do. Yes. So can I go ahead now? Yeah, go for it, right? You're on. Thank you so much. Well... I was so intrigued by the Pinuna movements discussed last week, knowing that I myself suffered tremendously from some of Dharma. So I want to say a little of the benefits of having Pinuna movements mm-hmm. as mostly related to women. <laughs> as a Christian woman, it, it might not be so um, too much to say that many expect us to be always cheerful and, and gracious. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then you can be easily looked down upon as being carnal if we fail in, in such attempt. But when we think about Hannah, Hannah was one that feared God above many and was described as a woman of sorrowful spirit, even though she feared God so much. Yeah, yeah. However, yeah. However for, um, for a child of God, when, when there are a great tribulation, I want to shout now that it often happens um, that there are great manifestations of the divine favor of God in our lives. And um, the thing about the woman of God, the woman of God is that she is blessed even um, more so than men with the tools to show her sweetness. Mm. Um, mm. So that um, the more she suffers, the gentler and the more patient she can become to the suffering of others. Uh, yeah. And the more ready to, to bear whatever trouble involved in her um, giving of such compassion. Um, those benign those moments can teach her to to cheer others up and so create cheerfulness in herself in that very moment. Therefore, in the process, she can even learn what is what I want to term as self, self-denial. Hannah did not remember that Hannah did not seek to have a son for herself. No, she didn't, mm. but for her God. Mm-hmm. And mm. we have heard many stories of moms willing to go beyond without, um, in order to satisfy the needs of their children. Yeah and to, to, to suffer, to go without in order to satisfy the needs of their children. And um, furthermore, in, in a penile moment for Christian women, we do exercise, learn how to exercise faith. And so in the process, 
we become more proficient in, in believing in God's promises. And um, it is that same believing exercised by Hannah that was recorded when the Bible said, the woman went away and did eat, and her countenance was no more sad. She had not, she had not yet received the blessing, remember that, yet she behaved as though she had. Mm-hmm. She believed in God's promises, yeah. God's promises. And um, probably finally, she lived, she learned much, much about God during those hard times. Hannah said, there is none as holy as the Lord. She learned so much about God's graciousness and loving kindness. It is true that the sorrowful spirit is not to be desired. Mm-hmm. Nobody desired to those moments, those Hananiah's moments in their life. Right. Nobody. However, when they come, we should think of those moments as in perfect consistency with the love of God and having true godliness. Mm. It's Proverbs 1, 7 says, Fools despise those moments. Fools, fools despise the afflicted, but wise men prize them. Mm. For the broken-hearted possess a well of gentle love and sweet humility. And when I think about gentleness, when I think about loveliness, when I think about sweetness, Somehow I think about women who have gone through those benign moments because they know how to share it from the heart that has been there. I think that's what I want to see, Pastor. Oh, that's so beautiful, Megan, and so beautifully said. And, you know, you, we sometimes wonder why the Lord puts paninas in our life, but you expressed yeah. the reason why. And this is what makes the Bible so amazing mm-hmm. and so practical because mm-hmm. here's just a real life situation Penina is only mentioned I believe in this passage mm-hmm. and yet what a lesson mm-hmm. Penina teaches mm-hmm. Hannah and all of us because Penina yeah. teaches Hannah all of us can relate to what Hannah went through mm-hmm. and you mm-hmm. expressed it so beautifully why God allows Penina moments and brings us through them and and uh, Micah did a message recently on how God brings sweetness from bitter out of the bitter mm-hmm. and so that's what god can and do in specifically said moments. in that passage that hannah was bitter in her spirit yeah yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. so thank you megan god bless you you're welcome appreciate you, you so much sharing tonight thank you and uh this evening we are blessed to have with us brother raul who has lived his whole life in the city and dear friends tonight we are as micah said going to look at the first urban civilization in the Bible, and I'm excited about this program, Micah and Raul, and I'm glad that you men could be here because I know you each have a special interest in the city, a special story to tell about being in the city, and so tonight we're going to get into this passage, Genesis chapter 4, but but let me just first throw out to our listeners, we're going to talk about how the city has not changed, Hmm. and maybe you feel like urban life is crashing in on you and you're getting concrete crazy sometimes i will go con- concrete crazy <laughs> living in brooklyn amongst all in, in the midst of all the concrete and if you just feel overwhelmed with urban life and the pressures of urban life and the 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 urban inconveniences and and the the the, the stress that sometimes urban life can put on you that that life outside the city wouldn't put on you Hmm. we want to encourage you again tonight we're here to pray with you we're here to uphold your spirit before the lord to encourage you in the word of god and prayer we have loving godly counselors to receive your phone call at 929-333-3739 so give us a call right now dear friend dear man woman child at 929-333-3739 
3, 7, 3, 9. And so let's go right into the passage. Yeah. We're going to read Genesis chapter 4, beginning at verse 16 to the end of the chapter tonight. And then, Micah, you lead us out in prayer, please. Sure. So Genesis 4, verse 16. And Cain went out from the presence of the Lord and dwelt in the land of Nod on the east of Eden. And Cain knew his wife, and she conceived and bare Enoch. And he built a city and called the name of the city after the name of his son Enoch. And unto Enoch was born Irad, and Irad begat Mahujael, and Mahujael begat Methusael, and Methusael begat Lamech. And Lamech took unto him two wives. The name of the one was Ada, and the name of the other was Zillah. And Ada bare Jabal. He was the father of such as dwell in tents, and such as have cattle. And his brother's name was Jubal. He was the father of all such as handle the harp and organ. And Zillah, she also bare Tubal-Cain, an instructor of every artificer in brass and iron. And the sister of Tubal-Cain was Naamah. And Lamech said unto his wives, Ada and Zillah, Hear my voice, ye wives of Lamech. Hearken unto my speech. For I have slain a man, a man to my wounding, and a young man to my hurt. If Cain shall be avenged sevenfold, truly Lamech seventy and sevenfold. And Adam knew his wife again, and she bare a son, and called his name Seth. For God said, She hath appointed me another seed instead of Abel, whom Cain slew. And to Seth, to him also there was born a son, and he called his name Enos. Then began men to call upon the name of the Lord. And Lord, we do call upon your name right now, Lord, as we just pray, Lord, that you bless this program. Bless the parsing of your word, Lord, as we look through Genesis 4 and see um, man devolving, Lord, into sin. But there is hope. at the Even at the end of this chapter, there is hope, Lord. So we pray that you bless us, bless our listeners, and we praise your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So I've often said that the Bible is a book about the city because the theme of the city runs straight on through the Bible. Mm. Here in the first mention of the city in Genesis chapter 4 and verse 17 where it says that he builded, and that's Cain, builded a city all the way to the book of Revelation yeah. where the city of God yeah. comes out of Jerusalem. That God, Jesus said, I'm building this city, mm. you know. Mm-hmm. So the the theme of the city is just an amazing theme in the Bible. And the Bible is a book about the city. And so let's look tonight at how the city has not changed. And so and l- let me just review the things what we're going to talk about tonight okay. and then we'll go into it. We're going to say how the city has not changed. It still attracts souls to the city. Yeah. The same way that Cain was attracted to build the city, the city draws people to it. And then we're going to see how the city still has an underlying disregard for God. And even though it has this underlying disregard for God, the the city still provides opportunity. And so we're going to see that, but it still has violence and strife, and Mm -hmm. it seems like every day we we sadly see that. Mm -hmm. But then we see that even though there was this civilization growing with a disregard for God, there are still those who can seek the Lord. God still has his remnant of people. So we're going to see that tonight as the city has not changed. So as we look tonight here, uh, Brother Raul, we see how the city still attracts souls to it. As it says in verse number 16, Cain went out from the presence of the Lord. He dwelt in the land of Nod. He knew his wife, verse 17. She conceived. He bare Enoch, and he builded a city 
and called the name of the city after the name of his son. Isn't that something people still call the names of things, bridges, tunnels, yeah. streets, roads, yeah. after the names of other people? Yeah. So yeah. times haven't changed, have they? But the city still attracts people to it. So, Raul, what, what led Cain, would you say, to build this first city? And how is this similar to why many people still come to live in cities today? Yeah, well, we see, obviously, in Cain, we have the first recorded murder in Scripture. Mm -hmm. And we see Cain as being very rebellious to the Lord. Uh, When his sacrifice was first rejected, the Lord warned him sin was crouching at the door. Mm -hmm. He disregarded the Lord's warning. He goes on to kill his brother. And we see an unrepented person. Mm -hmm. And we see in Cain someone with selfish ambition. He never expresses any regret about his, his killing of his brother. And he uh, never expresses any remorse. And yeah, so he never does. He never does. And so he it's almost like he, when God said he was going to put this punishment on him, right, of, of, but yet protection that no one would, would hurt him unless they wanted to, the, the revenge of God upon them. But Cain yeah. Cain was like, it's, this isn't fair, you know? Exactly. And so it was a, it was a selfish ambition. He, he felt, I'll build a city. I'll be safe there. You know, I may have a measure of uh, control. And, um, you know, my, my vices yeah. won't uh, come back to haunt me. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's so interesting that cities came about so quickly, um, almost immediately <laughs> in human, human history, Pastor, and they right. go from Isn't beginning to end. Yeah. And, you know, as Raul was saying, Cain didn't want to wander alone. He felt more secure surrounding himself with other people. And he basically thought that there was safety in numbers. And as, actually, statistics show that there is safety in numbers. I looked it up and I found this definition. It says safety in numbers is the hypothesis that by being part of a large physical group or mass, an individual is less likely to be the victim of a mishap, accident or attack. And, you know, we see this in nature. We see birds flocking together. We see schools of fish swimming together. Each individual animal is trying to mm. surround themselves with others to reduce their level of danger from predators. And yeah. so basically this is what Cain is doing. He wasn't relying on God. He was relying on the safety of the city. Right. Uh, absolutely. I'm going to quote uh, myself okay. <laughs> in my book. I wrote <laughs> a book, Behold the City, and talked about this. But I said in Behold the City that the city was a way for Cain to live a little easier while he was under the curse God placed upon him. By building the city, he hoped to overcome the curse of struggle and shifting in his own human strength. Mm-hmm. And, and so I do believe that the same reason why Cain went out to build the city, as you said, strength in numbers, mm-hmm. is a, a reason why people still are drawn to the city of Cain. Because we're all, in a sense, like Cain. We're all under a curse, right? Mm-hmm. We're all under the curse of sin. And we're all living in some level in selfishness and fear. And we do seek protection and we seek security. And so Cain didn't want to trust God. As it says, he Mm -hmm. went out from the presence of the Lord. Mm -hmm. And so he looked for the city to give him what Mm -hmm. only ultimately God could give him. Can I ask you a quick question, Pastor? Um, Somebody had asked, did God send him out from where he was or did he go out? kind of as a vagabond, just a fugitive, just running. Do you, do you have an opinion on that? Did God send him out, or did Cain actually just go out basically running away from all the other people that were alive? Well, it does say in verse 14, Behold, thou hast driven thou me, hast driven me out, out this day from the face of the earth. But was that an overreaction? I mean, couldn't Cain have repented right mm-hmm. then and there? Yeah. But he's almost like blaming God yeah. that 
that uh, you're you're just pushing me away. Yeah. No, God wasn't pushing Cain away though. Yeah. Either yeah. right. What, what what how would you answer the question? That uh, you, <laughs> yeah, I, I said I put those two things together. The fact that Cain said that you you pushed me out basically, and then Cain went out from he the presence out. of the Lord. So I wasn't 100 percent sure actually, but I I thought that um, between those two things that it was clear that God did push him out, but I wasn't sure. You know what? Because Cain was not willing to repent, mm-hmm. he felt like God was just pushing him out. Yeah. But God was not pushing him out. Yeah. God was actually drawing him too. Yeah. But because Cain wouldn't repent, he felt pushed away by God. But yeah. isn't that the way sinful man is? It is. A, yeah. a lot of men feel pushed away by God. Like, yeah. I can't believe in a God like that. Mm-hmm. You know, but mm-hmm. no, but God is loving. <laughs> He's he says, waiting come. for you to come to him. Yeah, yeah come, yeah. come. And he is our ultimate security and our ultimate protection so raul you've been here in the city your whole life right and so what yes. what has led you to the city and then to stay in the city well i'll be uh, 45 years old in a couple of weeks <laughs> uh born in the city raised in the city uh i've been so blessed by the lord to have a lot of stability i've lived in the same apartment since i was six months old Um, I've worked for the city now for almost 20 years. Mm. Um, And so I, you know, the Lord has established me here and I'm just so grateful to him for that. Um, But of course, I've seen a lot of people that struggle with severe instabilities here in the city. Yeah. Have you ever thought, you know, what would it be like to live like in the middle of Nebraska somewhere, you know, and maybe I should just move to Nebraska. I mean, have you ever thought about leaving the city, though, or or you just feel because you have a, a nice place to live and God has provided for you here and work, your family's here, that this is where you belong? Yeah, well, the Lord knows my heart, and ultimately I'm going to go wherever the Lord leads me. Um, but my wife and I even recently have had conversations about um, when our time comes to retire, you know, will we move out of the city and go to somewhere that's less urban? Um, so those conversations have come up. And, of course, my curiosity is peaked because living here all this time, I don't know what it's like to live right. in suburbia or mm. rural areas. Yeah, and, and I'm the same way. I grew up right outside of New York City in a suburb in Bergen County, Creskill, New Jersey. But still, now I've been living in New York since 1984, and, and sometimes I hear the sweet birds of Tennessee calling me. <laughs> and I wonder what it would be like to live along a, on a mountainside in Tennessee and watch the sunset. But God has just kept me in New York City as well, serving and pastoring. And, mm. and I'm thankful to be in the city. Yeah. I love the ethnic diversity. Yeah. I love the people of this city. I love how God brings people here from all over the world mm-hmm. and how we could fulfill, in a sense, the Great Commission in mm-hmm. one spot, you know? Yeah. And, Pastor, I, I was just going to say, the reason, one of the reasons why I came to the city, you know, I was a senior in high school um, in Colorado, and my mailbox was full of all the mail of all the colleges trying to get you to come there. And I remember I got a flyer from New York University, NYU, and they had this illustrated picture, and it was a scene of Washington Square Park. Oh. And in the picture, it had all different types of people. It had a saxophone player and dogs running around and taxi cabs in the background. And I just thought, this is the place for me. I love the energy. Even in that picture, I love yeah. the diversity. And I knew that New York City was the things where things were happening, you know, the place where things were happening, rather. And, you know, I was 18. I wanted to be in the place where things were happening. So that's one of the reasons I came to the city as well. Wow. Yeah. Washington, a picture of Washington Square Park. Not far from our church. Yeah, in, that's in right. Village. Right. Right in Greenwich Village. What, you know, and of course, the, the monument, the Washington Monument there in the park says, let us raise a standard to which the righteous 
can repair. The event is in the hand of God. Mm. And so the event of you coming to the city, <laughs> of me being in the city, of you being raised in the city, it's in the hand of God. We're yeah. in the Amen. hand of God. Amen. So, Raul, you've spent your career working in the city, as you've said, and actually working law enforcement. So does it surprise you that the first city in human history was built by, uh, by a criminal, by a murderer? <laughs> No, it doesn't. And, I mean, this is not the same for every city, but we see some of the largest cities in America, the trend where criminality certainly played a role. Las Vegas is a huge urban city, a metropolis in the middle of a desert, Mm. and basically it was built up by organized crime that was looking Mm. for a state, a location where the gambling laws were more lax and they could then prosper and we see what's there. Miami was for years kind of like just a kind of sleepy retirement town where older people went to live out their last days and uh, drug dealers and cartels saw that it was a logistical hotspot to bring in drugs and that's how that city came about. Here in New York City, I mean, I've worked the last 17 years for the city's Department of Investigation. We actually predate the uh, New York City Police Department, and we were founded back in 1873 Mm. because right down the block, actually, at the old uh, courthouse here, you had Boss Tweed and Tammany Hall. And even way back then, these men were corruption. (laughs) They were scheming at the tune, it's believed, about $200 million even back then. That's a lot of money back then. You know, a lot of of our cities have been built... uh, (laughs) Sadly, on crime and vice. Yeah. yeah. And I read recently an old tweet from Elon Musk, which he said, I guess it was just last year, he said, drug dealers know more about running a business than 95% of mm. college professors. Now, of course, that's an exaggeration, but the point which rings true is that criminals often do build something, businesses, networks, as mm-hmm. Raul was saying. Uh, think about the mafia, organized crime. Mm-hmm. These guys survive based on whether or not they're able to build these networks. So it's not super surprising to me that the first city in history was built by the first criminal. Cain was, he was just trying to survive too, so he was doing it in his own human strength. And we are surrounded by crime. It talks about how violence and strife is in the city. And, and dear friend, maybe, maybe you're just struggling in the city. You're, you, and maybe there's someone out there like Raul. You were born and raised here, and you, you, would look, you would love for a way out of here. Or maybe you're like Micah. You saw a picture that attracted you to the city, and you came to the city, and now you feel so stuck here. And you're wondering, how, how can I get out? Well, maybe God <laughs> does want you to leave. You know, Maybe God does. But, but you say, I don't know how. And so maybe we can pray with you about that. Or maybe you say, I know God wants me to stay here, but it's very hard. I'm having a difficult time, and there's trials in my life. Give us a call, and we'd lo- wouldn't we love to pray with somebody tonight? Absolutely. Yeah. And we know that there's people struggling there. And yeah. I remember our church, and I'll never forget, in our church in Queens, I pastored there from 1990 to 1995. We had five mothers in the church mm. whose sons were murdered wow. on the streets of our city. And yeah. so we know there's a lot of people struggling and, and have deep burdens that only God knows. Yeah. Give us a call at 929-333-3739. We'd love to uphold you, pray for you at 929-333-3739. And Pastor, you before you said if you're a man, a woman, or a child, That's you should right. call in. And I actually got a call from a child on Wednesday night during the radio replay. A little girl called in. I won't mention her name, but she wanted us to pray that her mother would stop smoking weed. Wow. So we prayed with her, and then I talked to her grandmother. So anybody we call have had children any call. Reason, there yeah. was a beautiful girl. For she would call us, and her mom would call us as well. Mm. And she listened to our program. She was the most intelligent young lady. She lived up in the Bronx. They since moved to Georgia. Okay. We got to know them a little bit through the radio program. So absolutely, give us a call at nine two nine three three three. 
3739. So we see not only does the city still attract souls, but the city still has this underlying disregard from, for God. Cain went out from the presence of the Lord. He felt pushed by God. And so then he went and he started this city. So as people come to the city, what are some of the negative, if you say negative features, characteristics of Cain's first city that may still exist in our cities today, Micah? Yeah, well, um, I just want to back up and say this is only the fourth chapter in the Bible, remember, and we can already trace the trajectory of man moving further and further away from God and towards cities. Remember, Adam was driven out of Eden because of his sin, and then we just just talked about how Cain had traveled even further as a vagabond because of his own murderous sin. Step by step, we see man moving away from God until we get to Lamech in this chapter, who is not only a murderer, but he's proud of it. He boasts, and basically he's 70, he wants to be 70 times more vengeful from Cain. So the bottom line, I think, is that the further man goes from the presence of the Lord, the more and more uh, less godly actually he becomes. Um, so look at the Tower of Babel, and this is true of cities today. They attract people who are looking for power, wealth, fame, freedom to live as they choose. Yeah. People rarely come to the city in search of God, and I think that's true of cities then and now. Yeah, I mean, people sometimes can come to the city to hide. Yeah. And, and also to be surrounded by a group of other people that agree with their ungodly views, if you will, and ungodly lifestyles. Mm-hmm. I've had, when I preach sometimes in Kansas, a mother or father will come up to me after the service and say, you know, yeah. my, my son lives in Greenwich Village and he's living a homosexual lifestyle. Would mm-hmm. you pray for him? And yeah. maybe they'll even say, maybe could you visit him or something like that. Mm-hmm. And so, mm-hmm. so many times young people do come to the city because they could surround themselves by, by, and find a comfort level here that they can't find in Kansas. Yeah. So maybe you're living to the, listening to the sound of my voice tonight, and you're that person. Yeah. Maybe you've even grown up in a Christian home and grown up in Sunday school, and you've gotten away from the Lord. You've gone out from the presence of the Lord and come to the city like Cain. Mm-hmm. Give us a call. Let us hear from you at 929-333-3739. And we invite you to our church on Sunday. We meet at... PS3, uh, right in the middle of Greenwich Village. Our church is right there in the (laughs) middle of Greenwich Village, dear friends. And you can get to us throughout the city. You can get to us from New Jersey on the PATH train at 490 Hudson Street at 11 a.m. is our morning service. And we have our brother Dow, who was with us on the program a few weeks ago. We're going to go to brother Dow Buford. Thank you for calling, Dow. And you're with us right here on the Heritage of Faith Conversations. Hey, Pastor Recca, how's everything going for you and the church and everybody? Good, Brother Dow. Good to hear from you. Good to hear from you, brother. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Pastor, I just wanted to, you know, you know, you're talking about cities, and uh, the second largest city in New York State is Buffalo. And uh, I know you heard about the tragic uh, mass shooting in Buffalo. So I certainly would love for you and Micah and Raul to uh, pray for the people in Buffalo. Absolutely. Uh, they, They have to be in tremendous pain right now. Yes, yes, Dal. That was very, very awful thing, and you know, it, it seemed as well a, a racial murder motivated by hatred in his heart, and that is so sickening and awful. And yes, there are there's a lot of burden and pain there. And so let's let's pray, Dal. Yeah, let's pray, and uh, let's let's pray for those in Buffalo to seek the Lord and find His peace and grace. Lord God, we do pray for our cities today. We know there's strife, there's violence in our cities, there's hatred. Lord, sometimes there's race hatred like this. God, we pray that you would uproot this 
this hatred of the human heart, yes, of what we call racism, of the sin of partiality, of looking down upon another person over their ethnicity, their language, the color of their skin. Oh, God, it's, it's wickedness. Lord, we're a hateful people. Forgive us of our sin and have mercy upon us. And we do pray for those in Buffalo now yes. who lost loved ones. O Spirit of God, that you would come down and you would comfort the very hearts of the moms, the dads, the brothers, the sisters, the aunts, the uncles, and the friends of those whom they lost, Lord Jesus. Oh, we pray, God, that even through this, souls would be saved, that people would look to you who otherwise would not have looked to you for help and comfort and strength through this. So we pray, God, for you to have and shine your light, shine your mercy. May your mercy... Shine brightly, O God, in Buffalo through even this awful tragedy. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Pastor, I know that God can take the worst situations and make something good out of them. Amen. Yes, he can. Yes, he can. Thank you, brother. Thank you for calling and asking us. God bless you and and everybody, and I'll talk to you later on, Pastor. Yeah, thank you, Dow, always. All right. As we talk as well about this underlying disregard for God, and we have to mention... From in this passage of scripture as well, Micah and mm-hmm. Raul, that we see the first, if you will, the first attack upon the marriage institution, don't yeah. we? Mm-hmm. Where it says that Lamech took unto him two wives. Can you speak to the significance of that? Well, I was just talking to somebody yesterday, and I just said, uh, somebody who's not a Christian, not super biblically literate, and we were talking about how the Bible prescribes in chapter 2. You don't have to even turn a page in the Bible. It's basically there on the first fold that marriage is to be between one man and one woman and it said because they became one flesh so you can't become one flesh with two different women and so even as we get to this fourth chapter in the bible and lamech has taken two wives he is polluting what god had set from the very beginning yeah that's right it's just an attack yeah uh, it definitely is an attack, and so we see the, the satanic operations throughout history with the family. Uh, you know, Satan's first move on earth was with the very first two human beings, husband and wife, a family, Adam and Eve. We see the first recorded murder in Scripture is brother against brother. And, I mean, mm-hmm. sadly, we see that uh, throughout the city of New York and other uh, major urban areas. And I'm sorry, Pastor, I just may real quick, Dr. Han informed me. I just want to say a quick hello to my dad, Raul Sr., who's listening live from Aguadilla, Puerto Rico. Oh, absolutely. I, I love you, Pops, and my uncle, David Cordero, who I have not seen in a while, and he serves the Lord faithfully in the Bronx. Thank you, Theo, for listening. I love you, and I will see you very, very soon. So, That's great. You. Oh, we're excited that your dad in Puerto Rico is listening. You know, since this first attack upon the marriage institution occurred in the city, in a sense, this puts cities in center stage in the warfare that promotes lifestyles and values that attack the family order. So it's been going on from the first city, and it's, and it's still today. And so, dear friends, we are in the center stage of spiritual warfare. And Satan wants to, wants to use the culture around us mm-hmm. to, to get us to fall into attacking God's holy standards and to fall into sinful patterns of life. Maybe divorce, maybe homosexuality, maybe adultery. There's a whole lot of men living in adultery, living mm-hmm. in secrecy, mm-hmm. committing adultery against their wives or wives committing adultery against their husband. And maybe they don't even know it. And maybe you're even listening to the sound of my voice living in a fornicating relationship 
and your husband, your wife doesn't know it. Or maybe you're living with somebody, you're shacking up with somebody, you say you're a Christian, you go to church every week, and you're living with somebody that you're not married to. Mm. You need to make that right with God. Because that's an attack against the marriage as well. Mm -hmm. If a man and a woman are living together, having intimacy together, Mm -hmm. and they're not married... The Bible calls that sin. That's fornication. And we cannot be deceived. Fornicators do not inherit the kingdom of God. And so, dear friends, we're surrounded by an underlying disregard for God, and we Mm -hmm. can't use it as an excuse to live in sin ourselves. Mm. We have to, each day we live, live in His grace. And I want to play a song now. It's a beautiful song. It's the anti-Cain song, if you will. (laughs) And I I want to quote this beautiful chorus because you're going to hear it a few times it says each day i live safe in his grace the king of kings died in my place each day i stand set free from sin my king is crowned i live in him that's how we live in the city crown jesus christ as your king and live in him That's how to live. You're going to enjoy the song. Give us a call right now at 929-333-3739. And to the world I bowed and gave my every breath. Then to the earth he came to seek and save the lost. But I out crucified and nailed him to the cross.
his majesty, and we will be restored in robes of righteousness. We'll stand before his throne, our hope at last unveiled, adopted as his own. That's how to live in the city, dear friends, with Him. Live in Him. Each day I live, safe in His grace. So we're talking about the city, how it hasn't changed and still attracts souls to itself. There's still an underlying disregard for God. And now third, we see how the city, Micah, Raul, still provides opportunity for people. So not everything in the city is negative. There's positive features. And in verses 20 through 22, we see how... Cain's civilization is actually prosperous and, and that there's, there's good things to be found. It provides opportunity. So what are some of the opportunities, if you will, that one finds in Cain's civilization? Yeah, well, we uh, see in the Lord's love, even throughout all that, you know, although the wrong motives of Cain, but the Lord, we, Scripture specifically records uh, individuals um, like Jabal. Uh, the father of those who dwell in the tent and have cattle. And so we see uh, the beginning there of modern agriculture. Mm, yeah. um, you know, we see with Jubal from where we get the Jubilee, uh, where we see the father of those that play the harp and the organ. So we see, you know, the earliest re- recorded uh, time in scripture, we have music. Mm. We have great musicians. It's a go-to entertainment folks. center, right? <laughs> exactly. It's like, let's go here too. We'll play the, we'll play the organ, you know? Yeah, that was the first primitive uh, Apple iTunes there, you know? Um, <laughs> and, you know, Tubal King, you know, who uh, started uh, work with metals and ironworks and copper. I mean, all sorts of things that we benefit from even to this day throughout yeah. all these generations later, all mm-hmm. these things affect all our lives. That's right. Thank you, Raul. Now, we have a phone call. We're going to go to Jermaine, a longtime listener and friend from Heritage Baptist Church. Jermaine, thanks for listening and calling tonight, and you're on the Heritage of Faith Conversations. Hey, Pastor. I was uh, hearing the message today, and um, I felt, you know, compelled to call in because it's like I've been feeling the pressure, and I think this pertains to all of us, you know, the pressures in, in, in the city, especially in New York, you know. Um, I've been just struggling with all the stuff with the COVID. I mean, I got the victory with not having a, uh, you know, get the jab, but it's like now, you know, uh, um, weekly testing. So far, you know, uh, I've been uh, I've been prayer I've been in prayer on this, and God has been answering my prayer. Hallelujah! So I'm just still staying in prayer, but you know, I'm just uh, just asking for prayer for these things, and 
you know, the pressure that this mayor is putting on the city, you know, and the pressure on, on us yeah. is, is humans, you know, yeah. just so much going on. And um, it's just so much pressure. And it's just like, thank God, yeah. you know, for, 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 you know, for believers in Christ, because we have a peace that the world doesn't understand. So had I not had that peace, I mean, I could just imagine where I would be. So, you know, I would just uh, impress anyone. I'm going through these things, and uh, you know, it's without Christ. That's the best decision anyone could ever make because mm-hmm. there's a peace yeah. that surpasses all understanding. You know that um, it's just it's not even related to the earth. You know, it's just something different. And um, you know, I thank God for that. But it's just these pressures, and yeah, sometimes I'm just sick of living in New York. I wish I could just <laughs> fly like, somewhere else. You know that that's what you know? David. You, you know, I got the perfect psalm for you, brother. Psalm 55. David said, oh, that I had wings like a dove, that I could flee into the, get out of the city and go to the countryside, go into the wilderness. Psalm 55, verse 6, oh, that I had wings like a dove, for then would I fly away and be at rest. If I could just get, see, but here's the thing, if I could just get out of the city, I'll have rest. (laughs) No, I don't think so, you won't, because the rest is in the Lord, the ultimate rest we're looking for is in Jesus. Amen. I understand, brother, the pressure of urban life and you're right a lot of people are feeling pushed out of the city and a lot of people have fled like a dove to florida you know mm-hmm. and texas and, <laughs> oh, and, and yes. other places you know and those little mountainsides yes. in tennessee so but brother we're glad that you're here and we're going to pray for you i'm going to ask brother raul to pray for you and many others like you jermaine and your family so pray for jermaine and shelly his wife yes. that and, god would give them and, grace and uh, Before before we say the prayer, I just wanted to put this into, and, you know, I know things is crazy, and, of course, with rent and everything in New York, but you know something, Pastor? If this is where God wants me, though, this is the thing. I don't want to flee for comfort, and yet I got to do God's job with the lost souls in New York City. Mm -hmm. So if this is where he wants me, I'd rather stay through this craziness to do God's will just to get one soul saved than to be in some other place and living in peace but not bringing anyone the gospel. So that's just my take. But Amen. I can take well, you're bringing, you're bringing souls to the Lord, brother, and keep on bringing them to our church Try as well. It. Yeah, and, and pray Try that it. God Amen. would use Jermaine to be an evangelist Amen. as well. Okay, we're going to pray. Amen. Thank you, Heavenly Father, and Lord, thank you for Jermaine and Shelley, Lord, and Father, we know, O oh God, that the pressures that our brother just described, Lord, in one way or another have affected all of us, O oh Lord, and I would even say, Lord, that, that here in New York, Lord, they've been particularly compounded, Father, uh, these past few years, COVID, a skyrocketing yes. crime rate, uh, an economy that has been very shaky, oh God. Mm-hmm. And there's a, we know, Lord, that some people have lost their jobs, oh God, either because their, their businesses or their employer shut down, others because they refuse to get vaccinated, oh God. But Lord, yes. we thank you because your word promises us that you give us a peace that surpasses all understanding, Lord. Yes, and Amen. Father, we thank you, oh God, Because you fill us with that peace, Lord, wherever we are and under any circumstance, Lord, from us here in New York City, Lord, to those who may live in the most rural outskirts, Lord, of of this country, O God. And so, Father, I just pray, O Lord, that none of us, Lord, would turn to vices, O God, to substances, Mm -hmm. O God, to Mm -hmm. anything, Lord, any sinful thing, Lord, to try to relieve the pressures that we feel, O God, but rather, O God, that we would heed your word and 
cast our cares upon you because you care Amen. for us, O Lord. Thank you for Jermaine, O God. Continue, Lord, to keep him safe, Lord. Bless him, O God. And, Father, just continue, Lord, to fill him with that desire, Lord, that even in the midst of this urban chaos, Lord, he has that passion, Lord, to want to share the word and evangelize, O God, and that that would be true for all of us, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for your love and your grace, and I pray, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you, Jermaine. God bless you, brother. Appreciate you calling, and thanks for asking for the prayers. The the program's taken the direction of prayer tonight. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, so, Micah, we were talking about how the city provides opportunity, and Cain's civilization had some prosperity to it. Yeah. Well, I I think it's interesting that the Bible is really kind of neutral in the way that it talks about Jabel, Jubal, and Tubal. Mm -hmm. I love those names. Uh, In their farming, music, and metalwork. And I think it's really up to the people involved in these industries whether each will be using their industries to glorify God. And I think that's still true today because, you know, we see the positive, we see these industries in a positive light in the Bible. You know, Abraham was a large-scale herder, herdsman, as was Jacob. David, of course, played music that even refreshed Saul's soul and, and made it so that the evil spirit would flee from him. And I even love, in thinking of metalworking, I love Exodus 31, where God tells Moses, he says, See, I have called by name Bazaliel, and I have filled him with the Spirit of God in wisdom and in understanding and knowledge in all manner of workmanship to defy, devise cunning works in gold, silver, and brass. So in each industry, we can glorify God. And that's I right. think that's that's a really good um, way to look at whatever you're doing in life as far as your uh, work. That's right. Like brass and iron can be used for decoration, yeah. for art, to yeah. beautify your home, as well as for for uh, furniture, let's say. Yeah. But it can also be used for weapons, weapons yeah, for destruction. Weapons. Yep. So it depends on how one uses those things. And then as we go forward into this, we see that this man who took two wives, Lamech, now takes someone's life. And we're going to talk about Lamech in just a moment, but first we're going to go to a call, and our phone lines are open. For those of you, maybe you have a burden, you feel like Jermaine, as Jermaine just called. Give us a call right now at 929-333-3739. We have wonderful call screeners who will pray with you if you feel the pressure of urban life. In some ways, kind of maybe trying to push you out of the city and you don't know what to do, where to go. Call us at 929-333-3739. And yeah. let's take our call here from Eve. We have Eve, yeah. Okay. On the phone. Eve, welcome to the Heritage of Faith Conversations program. You're on. Hello, Eve? Oh, we just lost Eve. Eve dropped off. <laughs> okay, that's all, all right. right. Eve all can call back if she likes. Well, Micah, we see how the city still has violence and strife as Lamech slays a man. He follows the path of Cain. And so, whereas Cain went out from the presence of the Lord to find a level of security, not everybody finds security. Many find violence and strife. So what does this tell us about this first urban civilization? Yeah, well, it tells us that sometimes in cities, even if you're looking to the safety in numbers, there isn't safety, and sometimes there's even murder. And so this is the second murder we get to in the Bible in Chapter 4. And me and Raul were talking before the program, you know, not only Buffalo, which of course was horrendous, but Raul got a headline come across that there was some sort of shooting in California. We don't know all the details. I got a headline that there was a shooting at a flea market. So 
in cities, sometimes we see this kind of sin. And Lamech, he actually ratchets his sin up from what Cain had done. He declares it proudly. You know, not only has he polluted God's original intent for marriage by taking two wives, but he boasts of his murder to his wives. And he says, and I'll just read it again. Hear my voice, ye wives of Lamech. Hearken unto my speech, for I have slain a man to my wounding, a young man to my hurt. If Cain shall be avenged sevenfold, truly Lamech seventy-sevenfold. And in that, in that seventy-sevenfold, we see that Lamech actually, I believe, is a type of antichrist. Because when we, once we get to the New Testament, when Peter asks Jesus, Jesus, how many times do I have to forgive my brother? And he says, do I have to forgive him seven times? And Peter's at this point, Peter is thinking that he's exaggerating. Oh, I don't. Surely, I don't have to forgive him seven times. But Jesus says in Matthew eighteen twenty-two, Jesus saith unto him, I say not unto thee unto seven times, but unto seventy times seven. So while Lamech delights in revenge multiplied, Christ Jesus delights in infinite forgiveness. So these words are so ancient and sometimes hard to like really unravel, yeah. right? In a way, uh-huh. but but when he so he says, "I have slain a man to my wounding." So as I read that. Yeah. He's saying that I killed somebody and there's going to be people who want to wound me mm-hmm. now, right? Okay. There's mm-hmm. people who want to wound me, but you try to hurt me. He says if Cain shall be avenged sevenfold, yeah. that's not the vengeance against Cain. That's the vengeance that will be wrought to those who hurt Cain from God. Yeah, and yeah. God is the one who put that judgment on anyone who sought to hurt Cain. He says, vengeance shall be taken on him sevenfold. Yeah. So that was the revenge on anyone who hurt Cain. Right. So, but Lamech is not getting this message from the Lord. The <laughs> Lord is not speaking on behalf of Lamech. No. He's speaking on out of his own strength, out of his own self-will. He says, anybody hurts me, I'll get him 70 times 7. Yeah. In other words, there was no forgiveness in Lamech, right? Yeah, no. I mean, I, there's people who want to wound me mm-hmm. and hurt me. But if you try to touch me, yeah. he's like the mafia. I'm going to come after you. I'm not going to just get mad. Yeah. I'm going to get even, right? As yeah. they say, I don't get mad. I get even. Yeah. That was Lamech to the 70 times. That's the 490th degree, if yeah. you will. So this is real hubris. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think it's interesting that this is actually the longest quote of any human being yet in the Scriptures. And we can see that he has no remorse for his wickedness. And more than anything, I think Lamech, he represents the downward spiral into immorality, which Cain's line of descendants is falling into. Eventually, the whole human race is going to live in this same wickedness and violence, which is the reason why eventually in chapter 6 we get to the flood of Noah. Yeah. And so, Raul, you work in the law enforcement industry and, and do this kind of work. Do you see this as well, where people who have committed crimes are afraid of revenge? that could come upon them or like they become very self-protective to to protect themselves from any revenge and threaten anyone around them from hurting them have you seen something like that yeah uh, it does happen you will have uh, people who after they commit some heinous crime and murder is one of the most popular ones mm. they'll go as we often say on the lamb uh, you know we've had people try to live underground and try to live anonymously um, you know, so yeah, you you, yeah. Do, you do see that absolutely. Yeah, it's almost like a, the mafia guy who who does a hit on somebody, mm-hmm. right? But then he surrounds him. Beca- but then he knows that people are wanna gonna want to retaliate against yeah. him. So he surrounds himself <laughs> with his bodyguards, yeah. and to to make anybody know if you hurt him, it's gonna come upon you even worse. Yeah. You know, yeah. so that's kind of how Lamech is. He's got sur- he's like surrounding himself with yeah. his bodyguards, I yeah. think, to it's, protect himself. It's interesting how human nature just has not changed. Yeah, since the very yeah. beginning. Very self-protective, very proud, 
But dear friends, we need Jesus Christ. And we can't have the language of, you hurt me and I'm going to get you 70 times 7. We need to live the language of Jesus. And that's the language of love and forgiveness. The forgiveness that is available through Jesus. If you're not saved, you can call on the Lord tonight. You can say, Lord Jesus Christ, I know I am a guilty sinner. I am worthy of death and hell. But I thank you, you died for me in my Mm -hmm. place. Mm -hmm. And now I want to live for you. I want to stand each day set free from sin. I want to crown you, Lord Jesus Christ, the king of of my life. I want to live safe in your grace because you died in my place, Lord. Call upon Jesus Christ. Let him be your savior. Let him be your friend each day that you live. So as we wind the program up tonight, Micah and Raul, and we see how the city is filled with violence and strife and some who disregard God. But we see that even in the midst of this self-indulgent, violent society, there are still true believers who can call on the Lord. As we see that Adam knew his wife. She bare a son. She called him Seth. And then to Seth, to him was born a son. His name was Enos. Then began men to call upon the name of the Lord. And that's how we live in the urban life that we're living. So, uh, Raul, how are true believers to so live in, as we're living in the city? Yeah. Our Lord is never changing, and we are to live in holiness as he demands. Be mm-hmm. holy as I am holy. Mm-hmm. And that applies whether you live in New York City, L.A., whether you live in a desert. So that hasn't changed. Um, and, of course, as, as Jermaine pointed out, there are some particular challenges within city yeah. dwelling. And you know what? Let's all pray for the Lord to just open our eyes to the needs around us. As Pastor, you mentioned earlier, it's like living in New York, this is a missionary field, you know, and thank God that, yes, our our eyes do see a particular amount of heartache Mm. and people that are just at their wit's end. But you know what? It's an opportunity to minister. It's an opportunity to witness. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the way I see it, too, urban life, we can come to the city like Lot, and sit at the city gates enabling the sin around us, Mm. or we can come to the city like Nehemiah with a broken heart, Mm. seeing the broken walls and saying, I want to help rebuild the walls that are broken. Yeah, and I I just love how this chapter ends. You know, we thought at the end of chapter 3 we were done with Eve, hearing from Adam and Eve, but we actually hear one more quote of Eve's at the end of this chapter, and it says, For God, she said, hath appointed me another seed instead of Abel, whom Cain slew. And so after this brief history of Cain and his descendants, God contrasts his line with the introduction of Seth and his line, which continues through chapter 5. And it's through this line, this seed of the woman, that the Messiah, predicted back in Genesis 3.15, will eventually come. Now, I tend to believe that Seth's line, when it says they were calling on the name of the Lord, it's an indication that they were worshiping God. And going back to your question, Pastor, how are true believers to live in a self-indulgent society? Well, they are to worship God. Remember, when we talked about safety in a group, well, worshiping in a group is important, too, because the group provides support, encouragement, and Mm -hmm. accountability. And, you know, we learned that in church. To find the fellowship (laughs) of God's people. Find the strength of fellowship, encouragement. Some have said that this is the oldest reference to worship as well as service. And they're doing it in the city, right? Yeah, that's right. Uh, Calling on the name of the Lord could be worshiping Him as well as proclaiming Him. Mm. And that's how to so live in the city, dear friends. Worshiping the Savior and proclaim His name. 
And God will always, you know, God will always raise up a remnant. Mm. There will always be those, even in the midst of a violent culture, of those who call on the name of the Lord. As it says in Romans chapter 11, verse 6, even at this present time, there is a remnant according to the election of grace. So be that remnant. Be faithful to the Lord. Good night. God bless you guys. Thanks for being here. Thank you. God bless you all. Thank you for tuning in to the Heritage of Faith Conversations radio program. To find out more about Heritage Baptist Church and our service times and locations, visit our website at hbcnyc.org. We stream multiple services online each week, including 11 a.m. Sunday mornings and 7.15 p.m. Wednesday nights. All are welcome, and you can find links to participate in our services on our website, hbcnyc.org. And join us again next Sunday at 6 p.m. for another Heritage of Faith conversation sponsored by Heritage Baptist Church. Until then, rejoice in the Lord.